Hey, 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 this is Sarah Longacre, birth doula since 2000, owner of Pluma, and lover of a good cocktail and great conversation. I got two stools, a full bar, and loads of great people lined up to pull back the curtain with real life conversation. So let's dive deep and belly up to the bar. Today on Belly Up, I have Colin Kelly bellying up with me. He is a father of two, he is a husband, and he is an investor in weed. And today I'm gonna belly up because I wanna know what's happening on the political spectrum of medical marijuana and recreational marijuana. And you should stick around because at the end of our uh, time together, he's got a pretty cool story about hanging out with a toad. Hey, 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 this is Sarah Longacre, your host of Belly Up. Welcome, 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 welcome. So on my very first episode of Belly Up, I share some important things in my life and one of the things that I do recreationally. I believe that marijuana, cannabis, THC, we're going to talk about what to call it, but is a part of my life. So Colin is this cool person that does a really great job at um, supporting his wife, who's a doula, childbirth educator, has two small ones, and they're small. I mean, I think when they're under three, I consider them small. Yeah, yeah. one and three and a half. Yeah, yeah. And um, the three and a half year old has a great amount of attitude and sass. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Fantastic she's, woman you're growing. Yeah, she's going to run something someday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a couple things. <laughs> so you hang out with them. I think you love a good red wine. I've seen it at your house. Indeed. But today I'm bellying up with you because of what you do from a nine to five perspective. And I, I truly do not do not know much about this. I don't know if you're passionate about it. I don't know if it's just in the family. But um, I'm passionate about this topic. I'm passionate about where this country could be going. I'm passionate about the political side of this topic. So tell me what you do on a day to day. Who do you who who do you who yeah, what are you what are you trying to do in this world? So I I work for um, I'm a partner in a private equity fund that invests solely in the cannabis industry internationally. So it could be all the like companies that support the industry, right? Like supplies and data and uh, doctor certifications for you know, your cards and, and everything else, and license holders in various states that grow and manufacture products and own dispensaries. And in that kind of plant-touching world, like the people that grow it and make it and sell it, at the, at the fund I'm responsible for making sure that they operate, that they do good things. So, so you, you said a couple big words in there. <laughs> like, um... <laughs> Funds. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm in a I'm a visual person. So yeah. you work for a company mm -hmm. that has money, yeah, and you help distribute and fund companies that are in the medical marijuana field. Medical and recreational. And recreational. And recreational. People give us money. Okay. And we take it and invest it in other companies mm -hmm. and help them grow. Mm -hmm. And then we get a return on our investment mm -hmm. 
and send that back out to the people that gave us money. You know, that was um, good. I needed that breakdown. Good. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, when I when we started, it was very small. The industry it was really hard to get money, and you know, people were were really struggling. Um, and it was it was definitely in in danger of of blocking out um, a lot of participants, right, in, in the industry. And um, you know, and now we're talking like hundreds of millions of dollars and, you know, I mean, $26 billion in sales this year in the United States alone. Okay, so let's pause there. So first question, yeah. how, how long have you been with this particular company? Just a few years, right? A few years, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I've been in the cannabis industry since 2014, 2015, which is a long time in the cannabis industry. Absolutely. Oh my before God. that, it was, you know, kind of El Chapo and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I, I went to school at Arizona State, so we just hung out down by the border. There you and, go. Yeah, yeah. My lungs are still trying to recover from those awful days. So now you got into this because you are a financial person. You are interested in health. Like, why? Like, I mean, you're just like you saw the ad or... I, you know, I... Um, I knew some folks that were applying for a license in a limited license state, and they asked me to help with the business plan portion of their application. And um, they knew I did like startup companies. We'll put that in air quotes, like startups. <laughs> oh, you do businessy things, right? Like write this thing for us. And, um, and I helped, and they won. <laughs> and then they said, oh, shit, now I got to run this company, and we have nothing. I mean, quite frankly, no building no employees, not even a, like, job description or an org chart or anything. So how many people were w- – that you, you – It was it. I was employee number one. <laughs> I, I rolled up into a and, construction site. And God site. knows you were, you were making a shit ton of money teaching yoga on the side. Oh, totally. With your, with your was, doula and yoga I was making bank. girlfriend. Yeah. 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 Um, so you are like, sure, I'll – I'll do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it was How were you going to get paid out of curiosity? On a on a promise, um, yeah, yeah, handshake thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and do you did you partake? Do you believe in the product, or do you just go to work and you are at the end of the day you don't know if you're selling tires or marijuana or watches? Yeah, you know, at first it was just a um, it was creative problem solving at work, right? It was like, oh, the, how do you do this? Like, there's no standard process for building a business. You've built businesses. You know this, right? You're like, oh my God, what do I do now? I also know how to uh, kill them too. Well, hey, you've got to kill a few to, to build a true. few. Thank right? you. I wonder what my next one is. See, you never know. Obviously, podcasts. Um, obviously, we're going to start selling the greens when this damn state finally can well, at Bluma because yeah. we're going to talk about um, marijuana and birth too. Oh, in please, the yes. So yeah. Yes, but, okay. Yeah. So keep going. Keep okay. going. So the, yeah, the media empire starts here. Okay. Though. But um. So, <laughs> Um, I grew up in a very uh, somewhat straight-laced area. I grew up in coastal Maine. Um, 75% of the families in my, like, county live under the poverty line. Um, and my mom was a fifth-grade teacher that had D.A.R.E. in her classroom. Oh, I have the pink T-shirt. Yeah. For those yeah. of you that are, like, what, under the age of probably 40, probably don't know what D.A.R.E. is. It's drug abuse resistance education. And they had a police officer come into your classroom mm-hmm. 
and teach Did you. Nancy Reagan fund that shit? She must have. I think she I did. I mean, it had to be, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> For those so, of you who don't know Nancy Reagan, look her up. Yeah. So it was a, it was a weird kind of thing. So I, I, I didn't have a lot of exposure early on. You know, fortunately, my parents were also big into, like, women's rights and civil rights. And so I kind of had, like, it was a really interesting dichotomy at home. You know, and then I, I, in college, I, I, I was in athletics, and we got drug tested a lot. And so I just didn't, like, ended up not, like, wow. partaking. So I'm, you know, and then I'm 30-something years old, uh, starting in the industry, like, mid-30s, and I hadn't consumed. And so it was just, it was an interesting business problem. And I started to... I, I wish they could see me, because my mouth is... Like, yeah, she's yeah. like... <laughs> Um, <laughs> and you and you yeah. do that thing where you're like, I teach yoga, and people are like, oh, and you're a vegan, and you must smoke pot, and you met. You're like, no, yeah, that's no, just just over here with my bottle of red wine. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, so yeah. how long I gotta ask? Did you work for them, or maybe you I, have you know, never a, partaken? You know, it was a few years. It was a few years, and it was, uh, you know, it it was great. Like early on, it was a medical program, and seeing, you know patients come in and like families come in like this family came in they this old daughter who's like nine has never made eye contact with her parents has 120 seizures a day you know I mean like the parents literally have never slept through the night because they, they're on watch all night and to see within a week no. she's down to two seizures in no, a week no this is Making where I get eye fired contact, up like verb like can verbal she can say her sister's name and the dog's name and like and so this is what 2016 yeah 2015 2016 okay so how does she in take ingest so she would take like a it'd be in a syringe it'd be like the oil yeah extracted in a very particular ratio, like 20 milligrams of CBD to one milligram of THC. So a 20 to one ratio, like 5% THC. Cause you need a little bit with all the science and, you know, yeah. you know, receptors well, I and such. I didn't think you guys were just making this shit up. Yeah. You know, we, we, we studied it yeah. actually, um, <laughs> turns out. So early on in the, um, in building the business, the, the cultivator that we had in the first pass, he started to grow the wrong plants. And so we were going to be opening up on July 1st, 2015. And and when we mean opening, we are like selling, selling medical marijuana medical, to yeah. Minnesota only? Minnesotans, yeah, just yeah. Minnesotans. Okay. Um, and predominantly, you know, the, fir- the early adopters that helped the bill even get passed in Minnesota were mostly, you know, moms and, and parents of young ones that had you know, intractable seizure disorders and, and, and really no serious conditions. I had no idea. Right? I didn't know and if you were going to say a pl- plant people or... It, it was the... They brought their their children to the floor of Hell the Senate. Hell yeah. Go mamas. Uh, you know? Go. And like, you don't get in the way. You do uh, not. No. Mama bear is like, I heard about mm-hmm. this thing. Other states are doing it. Yeah. It, Sign me up. I'll um, do anything. It was the previous governor, um, Dayton. Mm-hmm. And so he was very opposed to it because um, he was—he had some, I think, he some alcohol recovery kind of like issues, and he lumped all you know substances kind of together. And then this this one girl that, that I was speaking of, she actually had a seizure on the floor of the Senate during testimony, and he called the speaker afterwards and said, "Just pass the fucking bill." That's what it's going to take. And it's going it to take things like that. Yeah, yeah. but that, that like. That level of like, it's just so powerful, and we—it's so, so powerful, but it doesn't have to go that far. Oh my god! Because um, I think of you know when yeah. I st- started hearing about people using medical marijuana, 
was back in 92, 93, when obviously it wasn't legal, but my dear friend's mother had cancer. And he Mm. called me and he's like, she's been on chemo for three days. Do you know anyone? And I was like, oh, my God, an adult? An adult's going to smoke marijuana? This is a drug. And it's it, it finally seeing and hearing the stories, these people are not taking it to get high. They are taking it because they can't keep food down. So this passion that I have from my own personal self of recreation Mm -hmm. is such a small piece of why I believe in this plant and why I believe in the medical. I mean, the examples that you have, I'm sure, are thousands of pages long. And so can we pause and can you give me a little sense of in the United States of America, how many states do you know off the top of your head what's legalized and what is medical? And I need to kind of jump to why why is this such an issue? Yeah. Um, I mean, Colorado's making bank, correct? Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, you know, $300 million in tax revenue a, a year, right? Um, what's Minnesota. It's zero because it's medical and they don't tax pharmaceutical products. Okay. So they're really they're really missing out, right? Um, so we have right now we have you know about thirty roughly thirty states that have like a decent legislative program for medical, and there are a dozen states that have an adult use like framework, and these are really big states with like big population. And you think about it, like. California is the sixth largest economy in the world, right? Like, it's insane. There there are, you know, or like— Did you guys know that? Nevada. Like, fact. Wow. Fact. Like, Nevada, right? So, Nevada, we think about, oh, it has Las Vegas. But Las Vegas gets 25% more visitors than live in the country of Canada. Oh, my God. Wow. So, so I was like, oh, Canada is legal federally. And I'm like, yeah, and that many people, like, plus 25% fly to Las Vegas every year. Okay. You know, they're, they're big, you know, Florida, like Virginia now, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey. But like, you said those were 12 states that were... They're legal. They're adult use, recreational. Okay, adult use. Okay, recreational. that's great, recreational. Yeah. So why? You know, What's stopping this? You know, in my... my uh, when I look back, even like the history of prohibition goes all the way back roughly to the 30s and the 40s. And, you know, there, there are varying whatever, uh, theories on like what big industries like timber and other things like that, that like cannabis and hemp basically, you know, threatened, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, at the time in the 1920s, 1930, early 30s, cannabis extract oil was the second most prescribed medication in the United States of America. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so we we decided that we would villainize this product for one reason or another, and the method of villainizing it was tying it to a racial group. Of course, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, of course, like, yeah. you know, brown people, poor people, let's mm-hmm. attack them, yeah. right? Blame everything on them. Immigrants, let's blame them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they chose um, Hispanic folks. They co-opted the slang word for cannabis, which is marijuana, with an H instead mm-hmm. of a J, mm-hmm. and started calling it marijuana and then saying, you know, that's where you get reefer madness. That's where you get, mm-hmm. you know, on and on and on. And um, and so they, they went on a straight, like, fear campaign 
that turned out to be reasonably successful, right? I mean, and then so they were able to ban it. Um, Nixon came along, like really <laughs> wanted to do it in. Mm-hmm. He ordered a study, and the study came back and said, actually, it's it's medically beneficial. And so he fired that person and had another study done. And the tapes that that they still have are great because he's like he's you know he's like I want to you know I want to blame again persons of color. I want to blame certain religious groups. Was it like, being it just, used? I mean, I would think, you know, the mid, the witches and the midwives that I would have hung out with, and was it being used 200 years ago for medicine? Yeah. I yeah. mean, the earliest, the earliest recorded uses in China in like 2000 BC for like GI, you know, gastrointestinal yeah. uses. And um, I would assume that like, you know, the healers who were, you know, mostly like the knowledge base of this was was in women, and that the the plants themselves that bear the medicine are the female plants. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like they're the ones that grow these beautiful buds that have this, like they're just so beautiful and like they they have crystally amazing mm. like compounds and like there are, you know, um, eighty or ninety different cannabinoids, like different medicinal compounds in the plant, you and like we know, can- we talk you about like cannabinoids. two of them. You know, it's like, so ooh. so we go back to the twenties. It crashes. Yeah. Like yeah. they're like, no, 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 no. So it's twenty twenty one. We're talking a yeah, hundred years, years ago. Yeah. What is stopping states that are it's not legalized or they're not using it for medicine when mm-hmm. they can see now what the benefits are when they can see the um, the financial gain. Yeah, that's the thing. So I hear so much, right? Well, there's you not must. enough research. Okay. Or there's not, you know, this is, there's a ton of research out there. You just have to look beyond, like, beyond the U.S. primarily, right? Because they've allowed it. Um, and these are great. I mean, we're talking like Switzerland, Israel, like, mm-hmm. you know, countries with advanced healthcare systems. And, um, and also have, low depression rates. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah. No. So there, there, there's great. There are great studies out there. There are great studies that even you know show that the addiction profile, um, you know, actually is a very low physical addiction. Like it's more of a ritualistic addiction. Like you get addicted to a a behavior, Mm -hmm. the behavior of it, less than you do the the actual substance. So you don't um, necessarily go through. um, You don't have like withdrawal symptoms like you would have with other. You know, things, right? It's also, um, you know, the lethal dose, like a person would have to consume something like 2,000, like, pounds of it in an hour. Like, it's impossible. You, 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 and that's you when know. you're like, so that person jumped off something. Well, there also is typically um, a bat shit ton of alcohol. There's usually other other <laughs> stuff in there. It's, yes. not a, it's not necessarily a psychosis, you know, inducing... Um, Substance, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have hallucinogenic effects, like th- things like this. Now there may be other things that are with it, or mm-hmm. that they've co, you know, ingested. And that's, and that's the scary part when you're buying it from someone you don't know. You don't know. I I did do it once, and there was something else in it. It was not fun. I will never do. I've never done LSD. I've never done. Sure. Okay, maybe a couple, but yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> I it's it for me. My passion comes with if you're we got to buy it safely. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and there are different, uh, you know, different types and different combinations of it, and even different delivery forms, right? That are different. So if you smoke it, the you know you feel it way different than if you take a gummy. And so there's a time for your like 
your gummy, and there's a time for a vape or a smoke, and there's a time for a, a patch, and there's a time for a, you know, like a nasal spray mm-hmm. or a rescue inhaler, so to speak. And right? for the I medical mean, side, is most of it taken oil and not ingested through lungs? A lot of it is oral because then you get the sustained release, like the benefit, like pain relieving benefits yeah. or the whatever it is, are like hey, it's going to last for six hours. And, you know, here's a vape pen. And if you have this massive bout of like pain or something like that mm-hmm. or, or whatever the, you know, the, the breakthrough part of the condition is, then you take that because it's, you know, 90 seconds later and you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'm back down now, right? Mm-hmm. Like under control. Or anxiety, sure. panic attack. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's great research out there. Um, I, I do think, and, and I'll just like fundamentally, one of the big reasons why it hasn't changed in the United States is there's still a war against persons of color and, and persons of lower socioeconomic status in the country. And like there's a lot of fear from the people in power, typically like rich old white dudes, that like if they change the legal status of cannabis, that there will the distribution of wealth and power Ain't will like be even. it's it's not going to be like it is <sighs> you know now and and it's one of the things like the, the tech boom right created a handful of billionaires right mm-hmm. the cannabis industry which probably has the potential to be a trillion dollars in the U.S. very comfortably in like a decade or two really it could be. And it's not going to be a couple of billionaires that hold all of it. It's going to make tens of thousands of millionaires. And they're going to All look different shapes. All colors, different colors. shapes. All different values. Every, yes. Because yes. this, I mean, that's what soybeans and corn, like they, what, what, mm-hmm. cut, uh, that used to be. Yeah. And we could have that and we could be doing good with it and not creating. do great things. Have you seen the movie um, Grass is Greener? No. Oh, damn. You guys, please go out, look it up right now. Um, it's a fascinating documentary about marijuana in the, um, I'm going to totally get the 20s, 30s, 40s in the jazz scene. Mm. And that it was absolutely part of um, a black culture and jazz scene. And yeah. it was just done beautifully. And then it goes to today. And it shows that if Colin Kelly, a white male sitting across from me, got pulled over as opposed to a 30-year-old black man and you had the same amount of marijuana, how different it would be. So different. That Please watch that documentary. It, um, it actually was it – was, it, was, it really affected me. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if we keep continuing this conversation about the benefits health-wise mm-hmm. – the benefits from a economic standpoint yeah, yeah. for state, but also for individuals of any type. Because is it not true that hopefully in this industry, the growers, the producers, the sales, all the people involved would be equally, I mean, that's the hope yeah. is that there's not some huge power that's going to come, you know. Right, right. And that's, that's. I mean, we, we see, I see across the industry, there is a certain amount of like, of the bro culture, of the, you know, as, as big money came into it, has come into it, that there is a lot of that. 
How do you explain um, the bro culture? The bro culture. Um, like, like my f- hippie friends in like, Colorado that are. No, like frat boys that grew up. Yeah. You know, yeah. and they have a lot of money and they, <laughs> and, you know, and they, right. And I think that, you know, some states are passing legislation that include, you know, they include like social equity platforms and, and opportunities. You know, some states with a stroke of a pen, the governor is like expunging records of, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. And and in the states where he isn't, like, you know, my fund and, and some of our portfolio companies have had to go out and, like, work with, you know, legal aid of Maryland or legal aid of whatever and, like, hold an expungement clinic hmm. and work with people even individually to clear their records. And there, there are great platforms like Last Prisoner Project, which is getting, you know, people who have been convicted of nonviolent drug offenses, like, out of Prison. Yes. Say, um, say the name of it again. Last Prisoner Project. Last Prisoner Project. Please yeah. look that up as well. Yeah. And even Jim um, Jim Belushi mm-hmm. um, has now gotten involved with that. And he has, mm-hmm. a, he has a cannabis company and some other things like that. But a- almost all of the, you know, like all the profits and almost all the revenue even goes straight, you know, into organizations like that. Fantastic. Um and so there are great opportunities. I sat down with the governor of South Carolina like a few months ago, and and he was so he was the very first federal prosecutor appointed under Reagan. Wow. Whoa. And you sat down with him. I sat down with him, and he was the he was attorney general of South Carolina for a long time. Now governor, and he had a stance of anti-cannabis of any type. And so we you know we sat down with him. We had we had a you know female veteran with us. And so we sat down with him, and, and I kind of I went through the whole thing. I said, hey, look, your violent crime rate is going to go down by about 14%. Your median home value is going to go up by 11%. Opiate drug overdose deaths are going to go down by 34% in the second year. 34%. Opiate drug overdose deaths. 34% drop. I said, and you'll generate about $237 million in tax revenue from just a medical program and if you give out 10 cultivation licenses, you will pump $300 million into the construction industry. And he obviously said, where do I sign the paper? So he was interviewed that afternoon, and the title of the article was Governor Flip-Flops on Cannabis, because now he's pro-cannabis. Hell yeah. How the heck did you sit down with that man? What do you just like, have your people call his people? I, uh, we had an amazing, we have an amazing lobbyist. In, in the Mid-Atlantic, and she is a fucking powerhouse, and she knows everybody. I love how much Colin says she, she, her, yes, all these badass women. Amazing. Oh, yeah. So that, so you, you, you work with your lobbyist. You were like, hey, try this out. So you sat down with him this fall, and when will, I mean, when will they see any changes? Within a year? Does this take five years? How fast can they work? How? I think they can do it this legislative session. And I'm flying to Charlotte and North Carolina on Monday. And I think um, I think North Carolina might even move faster. Wow. Um, so faster meaning um, <laughs> if, yeah. so if I live on a farm right now in North Carolina and I'm hearing this, am I like, hey, sweetheart, Carolyn, we are going to shut down this growing thing and we're going to turn this into a cannabis farm? I mean, is there an energy that people are like, let's start doing this. Let's move forward. You know, let's buy warehouses because, I mean, all I hear about is Denver and all the warehouses are taken up. And, yeah, warehouses yeah. are great. So yeah. if you're a farmer, 
in that state, would you be like, hey, I think that this is the best direction to head? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I think cannabis cultivation is great. It depends on the licensing structure. Like, do they give out 10 licenses? Do they give out 100, right? right? So, like, if it's 10... How do you get a license? Do you have to know someone? You have to apply, and then they're, they're blindly graded, but it's, you know, whatever, really right? Hmm. I mean, there, and there are lawsuits because then there's, is it really yeah. blind, right? Yeah. And then hopefully this they'll start to yeah. see the change. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you obviously keep an eye on all of these states pretty well and where you want to be? And I mean, you said at the beginning of our time together, this could be a trillion dollar. Yeah. yeah. And you see that through all the different sectors of Recreational, yep. medical, oil, yep. smoke, farmers, salespeople. Right. Yeah. Rec yeah. is like 300 million. Yeah. What is the percentage? I, I, th- I think, you know, rec is probably like three. It's probably in thirds, right? Rec, um, 300 million, um, kind of like a nutraceutical kind of thing and like other other byproducts. So like think of it as like someone wants to take a vitamin of like CBD or you want to use like the hemp fiber to make like concrete blocks or like a dress <laughs> or like a you know car- yes. carpet yeah. or something. That's another group. And then there's another three to four hundred million in like pharmaceutical. Yeah. And I was just in Vegas at the um they have a conference in Vegas every year, like thirty-five thousand people. And I took a lot of meetings, seven AM to midnight. And uh, <laughs> I met with four companies that are currently doing clinical trials, like FDA approved clinical trials. Fantastic. In in different areas. It's, it's amazing. And I, w- I was even surprised that they were that far along and pretty inspired. Wow. Uh, and I think we're we're close. We will see we will see insurance reimbursed for it. <gasps> in some states, um, workers' can, comp can, insurance reimburses I was for just, it. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Wow. What can what can an average Joe do? Someone who doesn't recreational but believes in it for other reasons what i mean just be aware vote something what can we do yeah be aware vote definitely i think it's like anything else in that kind of a silence like if you hear someone say something that is incorrect mm. your silence makes you complicit mm-hmm. and that's true in situations of racism, it's true in, in, in like, you know, sexism, everything else. And it's true in using, basically using cannabis mm-hmm. as as a vehicle for their racism or their sexism or their, mm. right, whatever it happens to be, which is what I see. I see that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's sort of stepping and saying, well, actually, that's not true. Mm, you must, yeah. And uh, But that's, but yeah. that's to me when, when knowledge and education is empowerment. Yes. You know. But more people consume cannabis typically for, um, you know, if they're reporting as a medical user, more people consume it for mood disorders than they do pain. Mm. It's very interesting. And so we know that there are a lot of uh, interaction with the hormone centers Mm -hmm. in the body, the hippocampus, the, you know, the thyroid, everything. It's just, it's like, whoa. And we do also know that CBD... Um, increases <gasps> the density oh, wow. in the brain. It increases neuroplasticity. It also creates a hippocampal neurogenesis. So it, it will actually help even in adults. It'll grow brain cells. 
That's why I'm so smart. See? Oh my gosh. That's one I'm of the wondering. reasons. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm wondering for a long time why I've been doing so well. Yeah. Yeah. And there are this all is, these this other This is eye-opening. There are other amazing things, right? There's there are there's CBG. There's CBN, CBC, THCA, THCV, and they all have different they're all from the plant. They all have different impacts on our body. And they, they, you know, um, and a lot of those have, they all have medicinal properties in one way or another. Um, and now that we, science allows us to pull some of these compounds out separately, mm -hmm. right? You can, you know, like CBG binds in the same place that THC does, so, but it doesn't get you high. Mm. And so it's a great thing for like calming neuropathy because it by like THC binds in the nervous system. That's why that's one of the reasons why we feel high. It's also one of the reasons why it's great for pain management because mm -hmm. it actually calms the nerve impulses, mm -hmm. right? But you could take CBG, and it'll help calm the nerve impulses, but not get high. But not get you high. But look at this. But if we can do this, and I mean, we we now there are like there are thirty thousand people in the state of Minnesota that use it for medicinal purposes who have. You know, like one year we did a Christmas tree in the lobby or a holiday tree, whatever you want to call it, in the lobby of one of our dispensaries in St. Cloud, and they wrote down on these little things like, and they're like, you know, off prescription drugs or like you gave me my life back or like, you know, able to pick up my grandkids and hug them or like, I mean, it just, and it's it, the people, their, their grandmas rolling in an Escalade and like a family, you know, getting dropped off by like, you know, Metro Mobility and like it's everybody mm -hmm. it's and it and it's there and it's not gender it's, and it's not race and it's it's everything it's every it's everything it's everything i mean 60 percent of the people that participate in minnesota's medical cannabis program have are receiving some other type of like state assistance mm -hmm. so i mean it's, it's like it's the whole range mm -hmm. of 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 people of humans and humanity mm -hmm. and i see it in in every state, and I see it, you know, bringing people together. Um, so your knowledge and the work that you guys are doing, I hope you know, is um, it's going to change the world or it's at least going to change this country. And I hope that you're proud it, of what it, you do. I am. It's really, it's really, I feel so grateful. And I know in the, in the, earlier on in the, in the segment we talked about, you know, I, like, I went to do it as a business thing. And then, you know, we had a grower that grew the wrong stuff, and we didn't have enough of that CBD medicine when we were going to open our first dispensary. And we had patients or moms that had made appointments to come in and get their kids' medicine. And I had to call, like, 12 moms and say, like, I need you to wait 30 days. And after those, every one of those felt like I was just being, like, kicked because I couldn't, I mean, you know, and that was a fraction of like, I was just like, what are they? Yeah. Oh my God. Like 30 more days I have to wait when I know what this could do. What, what it can do. Yeah. Um, and you do, and you do anything for your child. Anything. Right? Anything. So from that, and that was like that, the turning point where I was like, this isn't a business. This is like people's lives. And you know. do, you, do yeah. we consider the word, is it called alternative medicine or can we take that out? I like to take it out. 
Yeah, I mean, medicine. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's, I can hear someone like my father at 77 saying like, oh, well, that's an alter, that's a different kind. Yeah, you then know. we should call everything that, that you get at Walgreens synthetic medicine. Exactly. Yeah. Like we can't get going to talk about. Or, f- or right. fake medicine. So, yeah. so, um, so before we say goodbye, because um, <laughs> I've been drinking too many LaCroix with you, um, I know that there's different ways that we can heal. We talked about that today. Sure. Um, I'm wondering, I heard this little rumor about Colin going to Sedona. And I believe it had something to do with a toad. And I'm I'm saying this in all honesty. I'm not laughing about this. I'm so excited to hear. Real quick before we say goodbye, what is this that I heard that you did? And what I'm just going to not talk and let you tell the story. Okay. And it's all, I mean, hypothetical. Allegedly, this happened. <laughs> so um, when my son was born, and amazing, amazing. Um, home birth. Home birth, yes. Um, home birth. It was, uh, it was the day that the election was certified for Biden. It was that warm <laughs> November day. Like, you know, the whole neighborhood was kind of electric and we had the windows open and, you know, um, so providing some, some music for the, uh, for the neighborhood <laughs> through like, you know. The, the miracle of, of life. Your, um, your wife's voice. Yes, yes. And she and she was just, she was on it, right? She was just like, no, I got this. Yeah. I was like, oh, do you need this? She's like, no, just I, I need I need you to step away for a minute. Okay, that's good. That's good. good. I'm going to go. I'm she gonna, she gonna knows go. how to birth. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you got this. I'll be right over here. Um, <laughs> so happy, happy little boy, super smiley, reaches for me, right? Anytime I would hold him, he would start screaming. And he would scream. He would scream for an hour. He would scream for two hours. Like if, if my wife had to go somewhere and I I started to dread her leaving. So I'm like, I'm going to have to Like hold. bloody murder. Bloody murder. And would stop the moment she walked in. Or, uh, well, or he would pass, pass out. Pass out. Just yeah, pass out. Bad. Yeah, usually. No. And so it was, uh, it was just like a nervous system overload for both of us, realistically. It was just <sighs> awful. The good news is I was so numb from that nervous system overload that I, I like, I, I didn't have the amount of kind of like uh, paternal postpartum depression that I did with my daughter. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, but I was also just super numb. Right? You were so numb that you couldn't be depressed. I couldn't yeah. even. Couldn't yeah. even do that. No. Yeah. So I allegedly went to Sedona, which is in the Sonoran Desert. Um, the northern reaches of, of the Sonoran Desert is also in a vortex, and like it all, it are already feeling like I was a little like I had a couple glasses of wine mm. when I was sober, like wow. in this place. Wow. So I had the opportunity to sit with a with a shaman and partake in um, the Sonoran Desert Toad um, comes out for two months during the rainy season, and they milk its. Uh, venomous glands for this like secretion you dry it and um it turns how much out, do you get out of one toad i don't i don't really know like of course mm-hmm. all i can picture is like a nipple it's kind of but yeah it's secreting. up in the neck and it looks okay. like it looks like yeah it looks like a mm-hmm. like the golden lac- milk really lac- oh lactation yeah yeah and it, when it dries it's it's a gold crystal so Stop it's it. the, it's that like you know and so you you smoke it you inhale it with a shaman and um, it's called, the molecule is 5-MeO-DMT. And it's called the God molecule. Wow. 
And so I can just call it the God mo- you, molecule. You can call it I the God molecule. The five EMO DMT. Yeah, right? yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. thing, right? So it's uh, it's called the God molecule. It's entirely astral. It's like in your head experience, um, massive serotonin rush. Like they say, it's the the sensation of death, and that your ego dies. And it's they say it can connect you with other dimensions. It can do all these things. Okay. <laughs> So one question and then yeah. another question. Um, you smoke it and it hits you immediately. Yeah. So I, I'll I'll kind of Were you I'll, go scared? My, I'll go through my experience. Yeah, I was a little scared. And I talked to a, a person that I trusted very much, who had some experience with it. And he he said one thing to me. He said it's it's amazing, and he said it made me a better father. Hmm. And so that really piqued my curiosity. I also liked that. It doesn't have a lot of, like, physical things. It doesn't, like, jack your heart rate up and, like, make you start vomiting and all this other crazy stuff, you know, because that was not my scene. Mm -mm. I wasn't going for that. And it also only lasts 15 minutes, one five, 15 You can do anything for 15 minutes. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, so if if this is really terrible, like, I'm not going to run screaming into the desert and not be seen again, right? Like, someone will be there, I'm safe, and, like, in 20 minutes I'm, like, back on Earth. Whatever. So this is the other thing. Like, I've never done anything, anything, like no psychedelic. Never smoked a thing in my life, ever. Not even a cigarette or a joint. <laughs> so, of course, I start with a God let's molecule. Let's go to the <laughs> let's just, just skip. Juju. Let's just skip ahead um, to the God molecule. So, you know, I, I'm sitting, shaman, we, we, we spoke, safe place. I'm sitting. There's uh, trees, the red rocks. Beautiful blue sky and, like, clouds in the sky, a little bit. So I start inhaling, and I get to the point where I feel like I'm being shot off from a slingshot, like, into space, like, shot out of a cannon, right? I'm like, scared. literally, I feel like I'm, cl- I'm flying, and the shaman says, you're about halfway there. Keep inhaling. No. I swear, yeah, so I'm not even done inhaling. Oh, you're I already can't. high. I'm kind of having a panic attack yeah. right now. Okay. You're not even done inhaling. You're okay. already... Like, not on this planet high. Can we call it something other than high? Well, yeah. So it's, I mean, I it's, it's an amazing um, – so to me, actually – Like, did you hold his hand? Well, I was okay, – Wait, I have so many questions. Yeah, what so happened? I'm, so I'm still just sitting there, right? Okay, and okay, I'm, and okay. I'm looking. And it's also a, – it's a, it's a drug. It's, a, quote, unquote, psychedelic. But it also doesn't give you hallucinations. You were flying. That's a hallucination. I had the sensation of flying. Okay. But you okay. wasn't seeing, like, you know, oh, you, you, okay. don't, you don't see, like, you know. Dancing purple, bears. Didn't dancing come out. bears and, yeah, you know, okay. you yeah. know, purple drafts and stuff. Okay. And so in this, this thing, right, so then <laughs> all the things that I saw were, you know, in order were tree, mountain, like, cloud, blue sky, started interchanging in perspective. And, like, so then, like, some they weren't in that order anymore, but yeah. they were all there, and they were like moving back and forth, and then they started to like the edges of them kind of became like geometric kind of shapes, and it was it was. I know what in, the audience is thinking. Yeah, how is that not hallucinating? Well, in in yogic philosophy, there's a concept called Maya that the physical r- world as we see it is not real; that it's all like. Just yeah. there, right? Yeah. It's 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 a it's an agreement that we have as a as a society that we call this thing a dog and we call this thing, you know that whatever. Remember that scene from Almost Famous? 
He goes around. Yeah. He's like, this is not real. This is, this is not real. That's 100% this, it. Okay, see, it's my yep. favorite movie. Russell. I love Russell. Oh, God. Don't jump. Jump. Oh, yeah. My God. Oh, my God. Um, it's all happening. It's all happening. It is. And it was all happening in that moment. Um, when I, so I, I, And then I started to, like, I saw, like, the faces of, like, my grandfather and my uncle and my little son and, like, my beautiful daughter and my beautiful wife and... I, I had, like, this intense, overwhelming feeling, like, emotion, like, full-body emotion every time I saw them, and it was the same full-body emotion. And then I, I could hear other voices from, I mean, if you want to believe it's other dimensions, or it's just, like, I could hear stuff. Mm-hmm. And then... um and then, and then he's like, well, I'll lay down. And he's got the sage and the eagle feathers. And he's, you so know, So you're whatever. like, I'm still here. I'm still I'm, here. I'm, I'm, here. I'm, I'm here. And I know I got this guy, this, this guy with me. So were me. you scared? No. I, like, I had them, I had this, this sensation as I was being, you know, slingshot into space that I was like, this is what it's like to die. But I'm not dying. Like, this is not like how I die. But this is like what it's like, which is actually very comforting to me. In a oh. sense of like, oh, if this is what it's like, then it's not bad, you know? Um, and that, you know, I saw faces of people and had this emotional reaction and some people are living and some people have passed and that we were all there together. And as I laid down and closed my eyes um, and I saw this really bright, like yellow light, like sunshine yellow, you know, in behind my eyelids and, and it like it landed that the the feeling and was the emotion was love. It was just like the purest form of love, and then that was what like the energy of that was present in everything. Even if it was a physical thing that like looks like a mountain and I can climb on and stand on, and like it's a living, loving it's love thing. Yeah, and like. It, it takes that shape in my, you know, in my experience, it takes that shape, right? So and then it switched I, to blue light and white light. And, yeah. then, and then I took a big, like, post-Shavasana stretch and gave the shaman a hug. And I was— And went, 15 minutes was done. And 15 minutes was done. And I, you know, hugged a few other people and, like, got on a plane and went home. And I walk in my kitchen. And the little boy reaches out to me. And I, you know, pick him up. And for the first time in five months, he doesn't start screaming. And he takes his little head and he nuzzles it in over my heart and falls asleep. And to this day. And that was weeks ago. That was that was seven months ago. You that's how long ago you went? And to this day, he oh still he still will nuzzle his head into my into my chest. Like he's gonna go to sleep, you know, like they're nest they're but he's not sleepy. Like, he'll do that when I pick him up from his crib, and he'll just nuzzle in. And, like... Um, something and th- shifted. That it, it just shifted. It, there was an allowance, a space, something shifted. And uh, we were able to connect, you know, connect that, that, that love. Thank you. Thank you for your vulnerability and sharing the story. Okay. How much does that cost? <laughs> Don't tell us. If you wanna if you wanna learn more about this, email me at Sarah at Bluma.com or send me a note and uh, I'll get you in touch with my friend who again on the outside 
he's so hip, but he's he's got. He, I mean, Colin, you're doing like kick-ass things that I'm guessing that ten-year-old boy in Maine had no idea. No idea. No, no idea, idea that you're going to be hanging out with toads and shamans and um, making the world a better place. Thank you so very much for sharing your story. Thank you for educating us. Thank you for educating us on a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Um, thank you for being a yoga teacher and a lover of uh, your children and families and your wife. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So at the end, before we say goodbye and head off into the rest of our days, we take a deep breath. And I remind everyone listening that you are amazing and you were born for a reason. Whatever that is, it's going to change day to day sometimes. But we thank you so much for bellying up with us. Thank you so much for um, sharing this story and uh, all that good stuff that comes with it. Colin, I will see you standing one day on the state capitol when it gets legalized in every state and um, this wonderful plant that came to this earth for a reason gets put to what it's supposed to be doing. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Belly Up is a Bluma production. It's produced by the one and only Michaela Finnegan at Minnehaha Recording Company. Hi, this is Mary from Bluma. Thank you so much for being part of the Bluma community. We're so happy you're here. We love hearing from our families, and as a small business, one of the most powerful things you can do is share your stories with us. I love when you take us on Instagram, leave a Google review, or email me your birth story or photos from class. This is a great way that we can share the Bluma love and reach new folks who could use a little Bluma in their lives. Find us at Bluma.com. <laughs>